0: For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. Can you imagine him entering into the holiest place of all with his blood to obtain eternal redemption for us? Can we just envision that? Can we picture that? Seeing that man has been banished from the presence of the living God, cherubim and seraphim, with flaming swords keeping man apart from God, out of the presence of God. All those years, For 4,000 years. But one day. One day. Oh, what a day. You talk about a day. When he walked up to the very throne. Where no man had any access. I'm not talking about the earth made holy of holies. I'm talking about the holy of holies in heaven. And he walked up right before those cherubim and seraphim and said, I've come to present my blood for the redemption of all mankind. And they had to step aside because he paid the sin debt. And he walked right on into the mercy seat. That seat of judgment became a mercy seat for sure. And he he, he shed blood, he sprinkled it. Obtaining eternal redemption for us. I don't know about you. I'm looking forward to being in the theater of heaven. Kicking back. Hopefully we got some cushioned chairs, seats, whatever. We could just kick, kick back and just watch a replay of redemption. Beyond what we've ever seen in the natural you know, movies have tried to depict and all that, but what really took place, but the reality of it, what really, really happened. Amen? Isn't that amazing to think of? Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Hardly seems to be enough, doesn't it? Hardly enough. Tonight, I just want to share with you a little bit about the anointing of God, how precious it is, and how we should handle it that way. God's work, we know, is a supernatural work. It's not a natural work. It's a spiritual work, a supernatural work. and requires supernatural power. Wow. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Glory to God. Anyhow, with it or without it, the best thing I can say is that With the anointing upon us, it's like Samson with long hair. Without the anointing, it's like Samson bald. No hair. What was he able to do with the anointing upon him? He had power beyond human scope. He had power that transcends any natural human power no man could do the feats that he did in his own strength or ability. But when the anointing of God was upon him, he can kill a thousand warriors, not just men, but warriors, with the jawbone of a mule, right? And then other feats of strength that he was able to accomplish and achieve when the anointing of God was upon him. And so any endeavor to do whatever for God without the anointing is almost like being Samson with a haircut. We don't want that. Right? We want the anointing of God. Jesus was anointed. Now, that should make a statement right there. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. And he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to do the things he did. Wow. Well, if Jesus was anointed, that's a pretty good class to be among, wouldn't you say? Paul, we see, was anointed. He said the one who has anointed us is God. So he was anointed. Then you got the prophet, the priest, and the king from the Old Testament. They were all anointed to stand in the office where God called them. Then you got the apostles. They, too, were anointed to step out and do the work of God. Matter of fact, he said... Before you go out there into all the world and preach the gospel, make sure you receive power from on high. So obviously he saw the value of that, the need of that, the importance of that. That since it's a supernatural work, you can't accomplish it on your own. Well, if all these needed the anointing of God upon them, how much more do we in our generation also need this equipping of the spirit of God, the supernatural power from on high in order to accomplish God's purposes in the earth? How much more? Well, we all need that. To step out and do it on our own is not going to be effective. So if we've been commissioned to continue the works of Jesus, then we've got to have the same equipping that Jesus had to accomplish that goal. Do you remember Zerubbabel, King Zerubbabel? He was living at a time when it seemed like the work of God was basically slowing down to a halt. And they were more involved in building their own houses and digging their own wells and doing things for themselves. And the work of God seemed to be on hold. And finally God got a hold of him and said, look, this needs to happen. It needs to get done. You've got to build that wall, etc., etc. And look at this. He says, it's not by power. It's not by might. It's by my spirit, saith the Lord. There's one thing that separates Pentecostalism from just your denominational ministries. And what is that? The anointing of God. The power of God. The power of God from on high. The ability of God. The impartation of God. Spiritual gifts and manifestations. Praise God. That He provides for us. Equipping us. Anointing us. Appointing us. So that we can do the work of God and do the will of God. Well, Zechariah 4.6 made that very clear. It's not by power, which means or might, human power or ability or military forces or even political powers. Anybody ready to give up on political powers? <laughs> Yet? There's only one political power I want to engage, and that's power from on high. Amen. And that's when the king of kings and the lord of lords and the prince of peace rules. And governs. It'll rest upon his shoulders. Can you imagine the anointing that's going to be on him when he sits on the throne of David in Jerusalem? Can you imagine people having an audience with him? Requesting an audience with him? Imagine that. Something to think about. The purpose of the anointing. I've just jotted down a few things. Number one, to witness. Look at Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Go in all the world. He he told them to preach the gospel, right? But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. We're in eight, we're powered. Let's say to witness for Jesus, That's right. every single one of us. So the anointing of God is not for just a select few like the prophet, priest, and the king. The anointing of God is the equipping of the Spirit that enables us to witness for Jesus, whether it's here, there, or everywhere. Number two. Luke chapter 4, Jesus said these words The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering sight to the blind, set at liberty the bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So, the year of Jubilee. So, here we see the anointing enables us to preach, to heal, to recover, to liberate, and to proclaim. All those things are connected to the anointing of God. So God's not looking for theologians or those that really understand and know Greek or Hebrew. He's looking for people that are vessels that are open to the incoming of the spirit of almighty God so that the power of God can enter into that being and then from his being manifest to touch the hearts and lives of people that he comes into contact with every day. Wouldn't it be wonderful if every one of us was like a live wire? Do you ever walk across a carpet and touch somebody and they zap them? Did you ever have that happen? Zap? Just like that? Mm-hmm. Imagine if you zapped them with Holy Ghost power. They wouldn't just jump. They'd fall probably on the ground. Anyhow. Also, to do good acts. Look at Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. Notice the word anointing. To do what? Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So doing good includes or incorporates into that word, not just healing, but everything else that he did. And he did a lot of good when he was here upon the earth. I believe there was was the equipping of the Spirit, the anointing of God when he multiplied the loaves and the fishes. There might have been some manifestation when he walked on water. What do you think? And then also to break the yoke of bondage. look Look at Isaiah 10, verse 27 shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder, his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Thank God for the anointing of God. Thank God for the power of God. There are hearts that need to be mended by the power of God. Yokes that need to be destroyed and broken by the power of God. Breakthroughs that come by the power of God and probably come come no other way. And so once again, we want to do everything we possibly can to enhance the anointing of God. And then we have this one that sometimes is minimized, but it should never be minimized. Look at 1 John chapter 2, verses 20, and then 26 and 27. But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Some translations say you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. But now notice verse 26. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. He's talking about the seduction of error when it comes to the truth of God's word. But the anointing which you have received of him abides in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. Now, what's that talking about? Yeah, there are many that are out there saying this, saying that, and saying the other thing. But they're deceivers, and they're not telling the truth. But you have the anointing on the inside of you so that He helps you discern what is right and what is wrong. It's not talking about like preaching and teaching like this here that you have no need of someone to teach you. It's talking about the unction you and I have on the inside to determine whether or not something is telling you something false or something is true. Like, for example, remember when Peter, uh, some of the other Judaizers came along and just said that you know, you, you've got to add the law to Christ. And what did Paul do? He corrected them all and said, no. That should have rubbed them the wrong way on the inside. That's not, what, that's not true. We've got the unction on the inside, the anointing of God on the inside to determine what is right and what is wrong. And he's there to be our umpire, in or out. Amen. That's his function. So look at Psalm 92 and verse 10. Now this is from the Amplified, but... That is, yeah, okay, the ampli- that's the A-M-P-C up there. That's why I wrote this out for you, because we don't have the A-M-P. Okay, but I wrote it out. So look, look at what it says. The anointing can increase or it can diminish. But my horn, or my emblem of strength and power, you have exalted like that of a wild ox. I am anointed with fresh oil for your service. I'm anointed with fresh oil for your service. Your service. Anybody here serve God? Do we all serve God? We can serve Him in our own strength or ability or we can, we can serve Him with fresh oil every day. It's like fresh bread. I love fresh bread. Anybody here like fresh bread? You like the smell of fresh bread? I grew up in Youngstown, Ohio. Where I drove by Schwebel's Bakery every time I went to school. My goodness, the smell was absolutely out of this world. Wonderful fresh bread, fresh oil. We sometimes try to just continue on our own, but things get in the way. You know, you've got circumstances. We've got situations. We've got challenges that come along, unless you're different than I am, you know. And what happens is the anointing can diminish in a person's life, especially if you get on these rabbit trails and you go certain ways and different ways and start listening to other people and all that. You know what? I've learned this a long time ago. If you want to have the stronger anointing in a certain area of your life, you can sit under those that have that same anointing and you can glean from that anointing of God. And that's why there's, I limit how many things we should be re- reading and looking at because you get so diversified when it comes that you're going in so many different directions that you have a weak anointing. But you focus on this one thing, praise God. This is what God's word says to be true. And you stay with it until you increase the anointing in your life. You can increase it by degree and measure. Certain ways. How? Well, first of all, by getting into God's presence like we're going to do right here in a moment. Get into God's presence. Open up your heart to him. Let him know that I don't want to live this life in my own strength or ability. I want your power. As David said, I long for it your power, your glory. I thirst for it as in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. I'm done with all this mundane stuff. I'm done with all the rhetoric. I'm done with everything that's taking place in this culture. I want to walk in the anointing of God. I want to be a spokesperson for the things of God. I need your equipping. Even I play a keyboard, Or sing a song. I can sing it in my own strength. I can play in my own ability. But it's like, I'm going to sit here at this keyboard. I'm going to go over that song over and over again until this unction to function rises up big within me. Hallelujah. Or same thing with preaching a message. I can just go over it. But I want want to digest it. I want it to be empowered, impacting. I want it to penetrate hearts. I want it to touch lives. I want it to challenge people. Praise God. And so I want to deliver it by the unction of the Spirit. No matter what we do, whether it's where you work in the workplace, you know, you can still work under the unction of the Spirit. Now, there must be a constant inflow if there's going to be a constant outflow. Look at this verse in Ephesians chapter 5. We get into God's presence. We study His Word. We praise Him. We worship Him. Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine where was in excess, but be being filled with the Spirit. That's how it is in the Greek. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart unto the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God, the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there has to be an inflow if there's going to be an outflow. And so as we participate in the inflow by doing what? Speaking to ourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Having a good time with yourself. How about that? Having a good time with ourselves. Where are you going? I'm going to go with myself over here in a corner and worship God. What are you going to do? I'm going to worship God. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to sing in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, believe God. Amen. I I want to have an increase of the anointing of God in my life. I want something on the inside to manifest on the outside. And then let's not forget this, and we'll close with this verse in John's Gospel, chapter 7. Who is the source of it all? In the last days, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, are you thirsty tonight? Are we thirsty tonight? If any man thirst, let him come to me. Hallelujah, and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the spirit that they which believe on him shall receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Why? Because Jesus was not yet glorified. Hallelujah. Amen. So tonight, what we're going to do, let God know we want to amp it up. Appreciate your enthusiasm. We want to amp it up. It's not about us. It's about him. It's about his power, his equipping, his anointing. Think about how educated Paul was. Think about all the other disciples and how they walk with Jesus. And he said, you're not qualified yet. To qualify, be qualified to go out there and do what I've called you to do. You need the power, the anointing, and the equipping of the Spirit of Almighty God. Whatever it is he calls us to do, praise God, we cannot do it in our own ability. So let's, if you don't mind, can we just do, do this? Come around this altar. Is that all right? Appreciate your enthusiasm again. <laughs> hallelujah. I want the fullness of the Holy Ghost. I want the manifestation of the Spirit. I want the glory of God Almighty resting upon us. Hallelujah. I want to step out into the glory of God. Walk out on the water of a faith while the glory of God holding us up. The cloud of His presence, hallelujah, Manifested. Among us. All they said was the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. The place filled with the cloud so that they, they couldn't stand to minister for by reason of the cloud. Hallelujah. That's a cloud you don't mind being under. Amen. Glory be to God. Well, we're, we live in western Pennsylvania where they say it's like one of the armpits of America. Where you have nothing but cloudy days and all that sort of thing. And, you know. You ready for the real cloud? We're going to have some cloudy days. But it's going to be the real cloud. The glory cloud. Hallelujah. So let's lift our hearts to heaven and let him know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.